This is your other brother's podcast. Welcome, friends, to your other brother's podcast, Navigating Faith, Homosexuality, and Masculinity Together. From the Jewel of the Blue Ridge, my name is Tom. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for being here today, today, tonight, whatever time it is. Joining me today, this is an amazing episode, joining me today from the mid-best or the mid-worst, you decide, it's our brother Dean. What's up, Dean? What's up, guys? I'm definitely going to go with the mid-best. <laughs> mid-best. Dean, it's been forever. How long has it been since you've been on this podcast? We, uh, we need to figure that out and correct that. But we are I, correcting that. We right are now. correcting that. Yeah, right now. And I don't remember... Um, I don't remember what the last podcast I would have talked on been. So, whoops. Well, it's definitely your first one of the decade. So, happy 2020 to you, my brother, Dean. Thank you. Happy 2022 you as well, Tom. But speaking of somebody who hasn't been on the podcast in a while, from the land of enchantment, let's go to our brother, Matt. What's up, Matt? What up? Matt, I don't even want to think about how long it's been since you've been here. It's been a year and a few months. That's how long has it been. I looked at the thing and I was like, I haven't been on here for a very good while. What's up with that, Tom? What's up with that? Um, I don't know. Times change and things get away from me. And all of a sudden it's 2020. And yeah, Matt hasn't been on since 2019, 2018 now at this point. I don't know. It's been it's been a hot minute. So this is like we're bringing back the oldies. Y'all are two of the OGs along with me of our of your other brothers. So this is really cool to bring we're bringing the gang back together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The original crew. What what? <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah, I'm still disappointed in you, Tom, right now. So. <laughs> For y'all that don't know, Matt's sense of humor is very sarcastic and blunt, and so we just got to get through it. For all the other sensitives out there listening, we just need to power through. I don't know that that was a joke, Tom. I think he actually might be disappointed in you. <laughs> just <laughs> going to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, it's 50-50 it's right now. So I'm choosing, yeah. I'm choosing to look at it through the lens of a joke, but it, it, you're right. It very well may not be. So we're just going to, nonetheless move forward with this episode and the reason yeah we're bringing the the old crew back together for lots of reasons but one of them being matt you have a story you have a unique and beautiful and messy but ultimately beautiful story that uh, i feel like our current listenership has missed out on and so we're going to tell some of your story today um and dean and i are going to be here as well to chip in our thoughts and our stories but uh um, yeah we're talking about gay sex and hookups. This was a Yay. <laughs> thank you. Was hookups like, like an audible response, but uh, was was hookups like it's like HDMI or like VGA to HDMI? Yeah, yeah. Hold on, don't USB. spoil don't spoil our sponsor. We have a sponsor coming later in this episode. Oh my gosh! So I don't I want to steal their thunder. But um, yeah, no. So what I'm calling this, we on the heels of us doing our pornography episode, I called it a quote unquote classic episode because we did these first run of episodes back in the day and they're no longer available sadly but we have we always had this opportunity to go back and and redo and and dive back into these episodes in new dynamic ways and so 
Um, I wasn't necessarily expecting to do back-to-back classic episodes, but it worked out that way with with our scheduling and the way, just the way things work, um, that we're diving into another classic episode with Matt because this was a... Uh, this was like, yeah, one of our first, I don't know, 10 or 15 episodes we did. I forget what number it was, but, um, but yeah, we did this episode on, on gay sex and hookups and, and Matt, you shared a lot of your story and you were super vulnerable and i um, counting on that same enchanting vulnerability here today. If you're prepared to share. Yeah, I'm definitely pre- uh, prepared to share. Well, like I said, y'all, like this is really exciting to have you guys cause y'all have been blogging from the beginning along with me and, and a couple others. And so it's really cool just to have y'all's voices on this podcast today. Dean, though, I am admittedly sad because when we planned this episode, we planned this episode like a week or two ago, and the plan was you were supposed to be standing right across from me. This is a two-way microphone, and you could literally be standing eight inches away from me right now. What happened, Dean? A stupid snowstorm in Ottawa, Ontario is what happened. Mm. Uh, I was up there for work, and I was supposed to fly back uh, on a Friday and then fly out to Asheville on Saturday. And because of the snowstorm, they canceled my flight, and the next available win wasn't until the next afternoon. Um, And they were... The, it wasn't going to work out for even me to get straight to Asheville. So they had to just put me into St. Louis like 24 hours later than I was supposed to be. And so they gave me credit back for that flight to Asheville. So now I just have to reschedule that flight to, you know, come back down there. But I ended up back in the mid, in the mid best, uh, a few days earlier than I was Sooner supposed than to be. You thought, yeah. Sooner yeah, than I thought. I was disappointed, but it's also, you know what, this could work out well. Like, if if and when you come back to visit i think uh the weather will be nicer probably and maybe it'll just be all for the best yeah and i feel like you said if when it's gonna be when this is the third time (laughs) i've been kept from coming to see you i just have yeah it's been a couple of times yeah a couple of times where it just hasn't worked out so i don't know i'm I'm hopeful though (laughs) I'm very hopeful. At some point, I'm just going to drop everything and drive to you and just show up at your front door and be like, why please don't you let just, me in. Yeah, why don't you just swing by the land of enchantment, pick up Matt and on the way, and then just all, all three of us can hang out. <laughs> oh, that's Honestly, like- I wouldn't mind. I really wouldn't mind that. I kind of like a good road trip, and I know me and uh, Dean would have like a pretty good, awesome road trip together. Yeah, we would honestly probably talk about a lot of gay sex and everything. It'd be awesome. Most likely. Yeah. Save yeah. it for the podcast. Y'all. Uh, we're on the podcast. On the Tom. Podcast. I know. Well, I'm glad Dean, I'm glad you made it back. I'm glad your plane didn't go down. I'm glad you're not stranded in Ottawa. I've been to Ottawa. Actually, Ottawa's pretty cool. It's a capital city. How did you, I did, love you get, did you get out and about? Did you stroll the town? I went to the boat. Yeah. I went in the wood. Yeah, I I had my loonies and my tunis with me so I could go anywhere. Um, No, it was very Scottish what you just (laughs) said, but continue. I made an attempt. Um, No, it was awesome. I loved Ottawa. Like I, it was my first time ever, and I genuinely loved it. So honestly, I I want to go back just to explore. I was there for work, so I didn't get to do a lot. I did get to go to Winterlude um, a little bit. I got to walk and see some of the ice sculptures that were out. Uh, but I would love to go back just to explore the downtown, um, actually visit some of the, you know, parts like the the Parliament Building, the Supreme Court Building. I would love to see some of those, uh, visit some of the embassies, and just in general, actually get to spend more time 
just walking around and enjoying the city. But it was a little bit cold, uh, and there were some protesters, so that kind of inhibited some of the, you know, sightseeing. Do Canadians protest? Canadians are a very nice breed of people. It's hard for me to imagine them protesting. Oh. They they were protesting. They're a little bit not happy about some things. And so there was a crowd of about 200 protesters walking down the middle of the road while I was at a Starbucks. And, uh, yeah, I have pictures to prove it. I took the oh. pictures in the video. Just so, uh, yeah, this yeah. will not be posted with the blog or with the podcast. I apologize. But, <laughs> they you know, exist. Trust they do exist. Um, yeah, huge shout out to our Canadian listenership. We have a good number of Canadian listeners, so. Hooray, y'all. You've been mentioned on this episode. Thanks to Dean's travel exploits from the last week. And if you are from Canada, please, I would love feedback on my attempt at a Canadian accent. Please yeah. tell me how bad I was. Matt, you have ties to Canada too, don't you? Don't you have like connections to Canada? Family? Yeah. I mean, uh, my parents were... Yeah, okay. So my parents were missionaries um, up in Canada in the British Columbia Providence. So they uh, were missionaries uh, to the First Nations people up there. So because I'm, uh, my family is Native American and of course the First Nations is basically the indigenous people up there. Um, it was it was pretty good. Uh, we got to uh, see different um, tribes slash bands up there, how they do their ceremonies and traditional stuff. And it was a pretty um, uh, eye-opening. So I, I, I loved it. My parents uh, loved it. My whole family loved it. And shout out to all the First Nations up there. Shout out to the First Nations and all Native peoples of this land. Okay. <laughs> We're going to move on. <laughs> we had a serious moment of just like welcoming, um, welcoming our diverse listenership to the show. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Well, y'all, I want to waste no time because I want to get right into Matt's story. So if we get sponsorship, I know, I know, I know. Hold on, I know. Matthew. I've done fifty-seven of these things. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, and wow. you forgot one. <laughs> so hold on. Before we get to sponsorship, Matt, aren't you curious if we've picked up any new Apple Podcast ratings and reviews since the last episode? Sure, let's go for it. Absolutely. I'm excited for this one because this one has emojis in the subject line. I didn't know you could do that. This is, I think this is the first Apple podcast review we've gotten that has emojis in the subject line. I just saw it and it popped off the screen. I was like, whoa, whoa. Um, it's the little um, try star emoji. Y'all know that one? There's like three little stars. Anyway, it exists. You can look on the emojis. There's three little stars. And the subject line says all the stars in the heavens. And this is from Phil. So Phil left us this review, five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts. He said, I've listened to this podcast and followed this ministry for the past two years, and it has been fantastic. So real, so vulnerable, so helpful. I believe this is a must-listen for any male who struggles with sexuality. There's no doubt that God placed this ministry in my life at the exact moment when I needed it. Simply the best. And that just makes me smile. Thank you so much, Phil. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you, Phil. Question, is he Phil from the future or just Phil? <laughs> he wrote it in the past. So technically he's mm. Phil from the past. Phil from the past. And he's been lurking for two years. It took him two years to write this review. That's no shade. I'm just stating the fact that it was a two-year journey. And that's actually a good segue because what, what I want to always encourage people is whether you've been listening to this show for two years 
or two days, if you find meaning and value and significance in what we do, um, you're taking the time to write us a review and, and give us a rating. That really does go a long way. So it's never too late. Um, we joke with Jacob and Ryan all the time that they've still yet to leave us a rating review. Dean and Matt, I'm not going to ask if you've left us a rating review. At this point, I feel like it's kind of silly if one of the authors or one of the podcast voices leaves the show, leaves our own show a rating review. I mean, technically it's allowed. Who's going to say no? But anyway, <laughs> with Jacob and Ryan, though, it's different because they started out as listeners and followers, whereas y'all joined this effort with me from the beginning. So I feel like y'all are off the hook. Jacob and Ryan you're still on the hook. Um, but yeah, we hit 110 now. We're up to 110 ratings reviews. That's really awesome um, for any show to get that much. So thanks for all the support. Um, you can go to Apple Podcasts and find our show. If you're not already listening to this on Apple Podcasts, um, we'd love the love. Really appreciate it. And a big shout out also, not only to everyone who supports us through the rating review system, but everyone who supports us on Patreon, you are the reason why this thing still exists. Thank you so much for your monthly contributions. We're well over a hundred. I'm trying to remember like 175, hundred. I think we actually crossed 180 patrons recently. So uh, that's amazing. Thank you guys all over the world, Canada included. Thank you so much for your patronage. Uh, if you're interested in becoming a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash your other bros. Uh, you can get all the information there about how this whole thing works. And finally, you guys, we definitely need to thank the sponsor for this episode on hookups. When they heard we were talking about hookups, washer dryers came to the rescue. Washer dryers said, we'll step in and clean your stuff and dry your stuff with your hookup. And they're here to hook us up with a sponsorship. So thank you, washers and dryers. Oh my gosh. Uh, the disappointment. I wish like the yobbers could see on my face right now. <laughs> I wish I could see on your face. All I see is a black screen because you're out in the middle of the desert recording this right now. <laughs> yes, I am. And it's you're liter- you literally are. Yeah. Paint the scene. Why don't you tell us, tell the listeners where you are right now? Well, okay. So, I mean, I could, but I sent you guys a little something. So I, I think you, Tom, are better, are a uh, better storyteller and kind of a um, picture painter type of thing um, than me. So why, why don't you uh, um, describe what I sent you? What, what does it look like from your perspective? It Matt, looks- he, he described, the first thing he described was your pants. Oh my gosh, that's true. He sent, so Matt sent us a group text. He sent us a picture of his windshield, like out of his car. And when I looked down, because I was trying to do seven things, getting the call up and running and getting things recorded, I looked down and I just see like a blue V shape. And it looks like a crotch, if I'm being honest, just from a quick oh glance. Oh my gosh. Okay, all right. And I thought it, it was just a... like a mistake of he accidentally sent us a picture of his crotch. But it's actually like sunset. It's actually quite nice. It's a sunset sky and half the sky is dark blue and half the sky is light blue. And it looks like a V and it looks like a crotch to me. But that's just yeah. where my mind was at. Okay, so all right, since he can't really paint a good picture, so what I'm doing is yes, I'm sitting in my car because I don't have privacy where I live at. So mm. I am actually seeing the sunsets. It's getting darker, but of course you have your dark blue uh, clouds, sky, whatever, and then in the middle you have your um, red, yellow, orange um, sunset out in the distance, and I see the city uh, where I live out. Um, the lights are uh, are are out, and it's beautiful right now but 
what these guys have seen is basically a black screen and yeah so I, i'm sorry you guys that you can't really see me but not sorry that's okay um yeah thank you for checking in matt i'm sorry that you have no privacy it would have been great to hear you talk about all these things today from the comfort of your home <laughs> but i understand if that's a little awkward and not doable yeah it's it'll be very awkward for my uh family yeah hopefully this call works because i do remember the last episode we had you on you were also outside somewhere i don't know if you were where you are currently or if you were somewhere else but i remember it started hailing and some of our recording, like we can hear, you can hear like hail hitting your winch, your like the roof of your car as you're talking. It was quite dramatic. So we'll see how well this call holds up. Yeah, that was during monsoon season. And good, good thing it's not monsoon season, it's winter and there's no rainy clouds or any clouds of hail or whatever to, to that effect. So I am in the clear. So is monsoon season, is that not just like for the South Pacific? Like there's no way that there's a monsoon season in the Southwestern United States. <laughs> Actually, there is. There I is in, in New Mexico. I refuse to believe that. Shocking. I know, right? <laughs> anyway, we've painted the scene for you all. And Matt is here to, once again, talk us, talk to us about gay sex and hookups. And we're not just calling it that because to be provocative. I mean... I guess if I'm being honest, that's part of it is to like get, be an attention grabber of a title. Like, yes, that's an attention grabber. I'm not stupid. I'm not going to pretend it's not. But um, but there's like that's that is a big part of your story. Is it not, Matt? Yeah, it definitely is. And I mean, I'm not going to lie or anything like that. And you guys know me pretty well. I'm pretty a blunt person and I'm basically a straight talker um, per se. And yeah, so I'm going to do my best to try not to be so blunt, but at the same time, tell what happened to me uh, through the years of just basically walking uh, with Christ and my downfalls and failures and all this and that. So it should be a pretty, uh, pretty good um, episode. Yeah, Matt, I think you have the record when you're talking about being blunt and direct and things. I, I'm pretty sure it's not even a, a close contest that of all the bloggers on our site, you have the record for like the most exclamation points. You're just a very enthusiastic. <laughs> I'm a very, <laughs> yeah, I'm a very intense person and I'm a, a very uh, passionate person. You could say. Yeah. But through your love of the Enneagram, you are learning self-awareness and you're learning how to better yourself. Right. Yeah, unfortunately, I am, and I hate that about myself right now. <laughs> yes, Matt, Matt is like our only eight that's can be seen for miles in our community. We we are so we actually have so in our Yabbers group on Facebook, we have an Enneagram poll thread, and far and away our most popular types are two, four, and nine. We have so many twos, fours, and nines. But you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the poll, and there's literally one, <laughs> there's one eight, <laughs> and I feel so bad for this one person in our group, but um. But yeah, this is a this is a different slant. I mean, maybe I'm sure there's got to be other eight listeners listening. But um, but yeah, this is adding more diversity to the well. You get a lot of two, four, and nine action between me, uh, Jacob, Dean, and Ryan. So uh, so yeah, you get a little a different flavor today with Matt. So that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. And all of you guys better be grateful for an eight here that's talking. Oh, we are. Are we not, Dean? I mean, I'm a two, so when I get when I regress, I bring out some of the eight tendencies, and that can always that's be entertaining. True. But I always appreciate. I think that's why Matt and I get along because 
he's like me when I regress. So I don't have to get unhealthy. I just have to tell him something. And then his reaction is what I would want to do. And it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I, I love that about you, Dean. So I, again, as you said, that's probably the reason why we work well together. So sorry, Tom, that you're, you're basically a loner right there. I am a loner, but that's okay. I Fours love friends. being loners. Yeah, I'm right in my element. Exactly. That's cool. So that's cool that you can like vent to, to uh, Matt, Dean. And then, um, and then Matt, when you're growing, you become more like Dean. You become more altruistic and caring and lovable, huggable even. You're so great when you're healthy. That's debatable on the hugs. So I'm okay. So Yabbers, I am not a hugger, really. I mean, I do, unless it's like um, if somebody's doing it like automatically unexpected, I hate it. If I initiate it, then it's okay. <laughs> yes. I'm just grateful that you've initiated hugs with me. It hasn't been like plentiful, but there have been at least one or two times where you've initiated, and that just warms my heart. So, thank well, you. I haven't killed you yet. So, yeah. And that's the baseline level is death. <laughs> mm-hmm. Baseline, no death yes. yet. So, we're on a win right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, very well, very well. So, anyway, yes, we're talking about a large part of Matt's story, which involves gay sex and hookups. And we're going to talk about that. Full disclosure, I've never had gay sex, I've never had a physical hookup. So, this is all like foreign to me, and but I always love learning. I love hearing where other people come from and stories um, very different from mine. And so that's what I appreciate about you, Matt, is not only the the not-so-great stuff, the things that have been hard and the things that have been struggles, but um, but yeah, just the chance to, to share vulnerably and and hear from you and be encouraged by, uh, by your walk with the Lord. It's always a blessing for me. Yeah, and it's always a blessing just to um, tell my story and how it can um, help other people and basically help them to understand uh, themselves better themselves. And not only that, better their uh, walk with uh, Christ. And I, I think there's a lot of people who um, don't, um, are, aren't authentic and they just go wandering around and they don't, unfortunately, they kind of lie to themselves and they don't actually deal with what they need to deal with and from there grow and be healthy. And as I said before, uh, better themselves. Well then, Matt, why don't you just start us off like, I don't know, just like a quick, uh, I don't know, just like a quick minute summary, like kind of how did your... (laughs) Give us a quickie. (laughs) Give us a quickie. How did your story begin? Like, um, so pre ever having sex, like, I don't know, like what was your, what were your thoughts about sex? What was your opinion of hookup culture? Um, just like from the outside looking in before you stepped into that yourself, like what, what was kind of going through your head and in your heart? Well, I grew up um, as a pastor's kid. I, I'm, a, I'm a PK. My dad was a pastor. PK. And through that, yeah, uh, shout out to all the PKs who are listening. Woo-woo. Okay, so uh, yeah, a- anyways, I um, viewed sex under the umbrella of the church and like, hey, this is scary. Um, it's dangerous. Um, sex is bad, all this stuff. And uh, growing um through, uh, through all of that with, with that mindset. Um, I didn't want like anything to do it, uh, with sex really, but unfortunately, um, through my, um, teenage years, I stumbled upon uh, pornography and that kind of, I, I think that's what kind of, um, started the, um, um, the desires to possibly, um, have sex with like another guy. And then once college, um, hits, um, kind of 
secretly got like a boyfriend, started dating someone. And then um, unfortunately he was going to be on our first, but he cheated on me and he was going to be my first, but um, I hooked up with another person and then that's where um, it started. And if you guys want to read more on that, I wrote a blog post like years ago uh, of telling that, uh, that uh, story of my first um, hookup. Yeah. And throughout this episode, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll reference. Um, and I even may reference some of your blog posts as they come to mind. Cause you've written a lot. I mean, you two, both of you guys have written a bunch. I feel like, I feel like in the, in this room, the three of us were no joke. We must account for like 75% of the blogs. Granted Dean is like, 60 percent <laughs> yeah on his yeah. but uh but matt and i we we've shared our uh, our weight as well as far as the blog load goes but um but yeah we'll link all of these in the episode notes and descriptions if y'all feel like clicking along and checking out some of matt's story if you've never never checked it out before so matt um you said the first time so after your boyfriend cheated on you that's when you met up with the guy was that kind of how i guess that was the, was that the start of kind of the serial hookups or was that you know is that who introduced you to the idea of just the regular hookups it would, it would i would say it would probably be both um that was my introduction to hookup and like that person was like as as you said like he he was like the start of like everything and i mean i definitely remember like all the details of of that and um yeah so i mean through that that's how everything started and i mean like almost like 10 years of just like hookups and sex and all that stuff like so matt when you were so growing up in a christian culture being a pk um you mentioned just like sex like correct me if i'm wrong did you have like a sex negative view of of things like did you was it a, was it a thing of like I'm not gonna have sex till I get married, or I'm just like turned off by sex altogether, or like where I'm trying to like let's start off with the sex component and figure out. I'd like to learn more about like just your thoughts and feelings about sex, and then we'll start kind of morphing that discussion into into hookups and hookup culture. Yeah, I had a negative uh, view of sex that it was bad um, to save um, sex for marriage, just your typical uh, uh, Christian culture. Um, stuff and I, I didn't view it as like um, like I'm never going to have sex. I, I knew I wanted to um, uh, have sex with like a potential wife in the future, um, but unfortunately, because of, of course the majority of this room, um, we have same sex attraction. So it's just kind of like you gravitate more of like trying wanting to have sex with like the same with the same sex, and through that it was just like okay, like um, you you deal with um, shame, guilt of having these thoughts, having these feelings. And then like you kind of um, isolate yourself. And I mean, it's already bad when you like isolate yourself um, to not talk to anybody about what's happening uh, with you growing up, um, like through puberty, through high school, whatever. And uh, you have this uh, mindset of just like, sex is evil. If I have sex, like in the back of your mind, it's like, I'm going to die type of thing. I mean, yes, that's like an extreme thing, but there are people who have those thoughts. And like, if they um, do, then I I definitely get you guys. I definitely understand like that, that concept. So then walk us through, because I don't know if I, yeah, I'm trying to think if in our conversations, Matt, I'm trying, I'm sure you've told me about 
your first boyfriend, but I'm sure stories, details will come back to me as you share. But um, tell us about that. Like just as far as finding a boyfriend and like you mentioned, like he was a secret boyfriend, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, he was yeah. like a secret boyfriend. I um, was, I, I met him through college um, classroom, started talking to each other. Um, he was also, well, he claimed that he was a Christian. And of course you have your, that like sense of like, Hey, this dude might uh, possibly uh, be gay or like, as uh, SSA or something like that, same sex, sex, same sex attraction, like the whole like gaydar thing, like uh, popped out, and me and him started hanging out some more, and through that, it's like we um, started hanging out a little bit more. He lived on campus, I lived on campus, and it only like lasted like six months. And um, there's a lot of stuff that I I don't remember, but I, I remember just like kind of the feelings of being with him. It was very um, exhilarating. Um, it was very um, passionate of just like having these feelings towards this person. And it, in my mind, it, it like makes sense. It, it made sense of like, I'm supposed to be with this person. So, so then like, what were your thoughts on as the relationship, you know, got more serious as you, you know, hung out more um, as you connected more with this person, like, what were your thoughts on, well, I guess it's a two, it's a two part question. Like what were your thoughts on sex as the relationship grew? Cause you mentioned that you wanted him to be your first. So I want to hear more about that. Um, but then simultaneously, yeah. What was your, your relationship with the Lord at this time? Was it still on track? Did you feel like it wasn't a part of your life anymore? Did you feel like they were conflicting lives at the same time? Did you feel like they were synchronized lives at the same time? Like what were your, what were your thoughts and feelings there? Yeah, I, um, uh, going through that, I uh, tackling the first question. Um, as we started um, getting to know each other more, I was like, I, I knew in my mind, like, okay, this person's gonna be like the, the first person that I have sex with. I'm gonna like, she's gonna take my V card. So is that what they call that? Yes, that's what they call it, Tom. Okay, grow you have up. To, you so, have to educate yeah. me. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's that's what happens when you uh, live with uh, conservative parents. So I'm sorry, Tom. Men have penises, and other yeah. men have penises. Yeah. And one penis kisses the other. Okay. <laughs> what y'all didn't okay. see at home was the finger diagram that just came on my screen. Continue, Matt. Okay. Anyways, um, we yeah we started like getting um, more intimate, and we had we had this talk like, hey, it's like I. I want you, want you to be my first. And we were going to plan this out. And unfortunately, like I, uh, an ex uh, from his past um, came up uh, in, in his life. And um, one day he just messaged me, um, text me and says like, hey, I was hanging out with like my ex. And unfortunately, we had sex. And that broke my heart. And it was like, what the heck? And I called him and I was just, of course, crying and everything's like, how could you do this to me? And he apologized like a hundred times over, but I didn't want to do anything with him. And in a way, um, my first hookup was kind of like a revenge uh, against him. But at the same time, like I wanted to feel like what it was like to have like gay sex or, 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 or a hookup. So that was that. Was that. Um, the second part of the question, um, I would say it was conflicting um, 
when I was uh, going to college uh, my freshman year, I that was a decision where I didn't want to do anything with church. I mean, I grew up as a, as a pastor's kid. So of course you go to church like every Sunday and you have to do church stuff like almost every single day. And you grow up with a dad who's a pastor. So you grow up in a Christian culture. So I wanted to do um, my own stuff, but unfortunately I uh, live with um, an older brother and uh, he forced me to go to church. And during that time um, he um, says like, hey, when you're in this household, we're going to go to church. Um, you have no say. I'm your older brother, and you're going to do what I what I say. And of course, since him being an older brother, him being stronger, it's like, all right, fine. And through that, um, I I was also kind of that um, passion of wanting to know Jesus uh, reignited, and it was very conflicting because I wanted to do my own thing, but at the same time, I wanted to follow Jesus and. I, Unfortunately, I couldn't, um, I couldn't um, um, mend those two together. So it was, it was a very uh, conflicting time as well. So after that first took up, I mean, you talked about this conflict in the faith. How did it feel in that moment? And then what was it that led to the next hookup that kind of kept on that, kept you on that path? So after I got done with um, like my first hookup, I felt numb. And I remember I was working um, as a janitor for like a, a, a theater and um, it was early in the morning. Uh, I, I hooked up, he took me to my work. And then from there I was getting ready. Um, I was going to clean the bathroom and then I just like had to sit down, like of course, like on the toilet and just like process what happened. But at the same time, it was like, well, that wasn't that bad. Like, I don't feel anything like I'm supposed to feel like this, like gnawing um, in my soul, in my stomach. I'm supposed to feel bad. It's supposed to feel like um, ugly and all this stuff. Like, but I don't feel anything. But I do remember how it felt in the moments of like that's um, that passionate um, um, uh, euphoria type of um, feeling. And for those who um, who have hooked up um, in the past, like for you listeners and readers, you guys understand what I'm talking about and you guys understand like that, that passionate feeling of like when you're like in that moment, like it, it's, it's, it feels so good that you don't want to give it up. And once it's done, you're just like, okay, well, like, well, I'm done with my business and I need to do uh, go back to uh, um, reality to um, the normal scene and all that stuff. But that feeling that, that wanting that um, euphoria um, part always sticks with you. That's the reason why, um, for myself, I wanted to um, get that back. It's uh, that that's basically how um, the best way I could describe of one of the reasons why I um, wanted to hook up with uh, many different people. Not only that, but of, of course, like you have um, your types of people that you are attracted to, and from there, like if you see a person's like, hey, I want to sleep with that person, or I want to have sex with that person. And that desire of wanting to hook up with that person comes back again. And it comes back again after you're done with the first one, the second one, the third one. And like, you want to try, it's, it's basically, you're trying to, um, you want to try different types of food and it's basically an appetizer and all of them are good. But at the same time, there's also new, new food that is coming out. And from there you want to like take a piece or take like that, 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 food and like try it out and it feels good all right you have your favorite 
all right, well, that favorite's good, but I want to try this one. So that's like the best way I can describe like the, the reasons why I didn't want to stop. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, I remember, I think fairly early into your blogging, Matthew, like one of your f- first several posts that you wrote, um, I forgot the title of it right, right off the top of my head, but again, it'll be linked in the episode, but you talked about your, um, like the reason it might've actually just been called why I love sex or the reason why I love sex or something. Do you know that, do you know the blog I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. The, the reason. Yeah. yeah. So, so like I said, like this intersects with my story a little bit, um, in the sense that I've never had sex and my entire life and including right now, sex sounds scary. It doesn't sound exciting. It doesn't sound appealing. It sounds completely vulnerable and horrific. If I'm just being honest, like that's just my, my, uh, my shelteredness, I guess, speaking out. But, um, but I think you've mentioned somewhere in that blog and in, in your story, like you mentioned the, uh, the notion that you weren't sure if you could have sex or if you, if you would enjoy it. Um, just like the physical aspect of it. So like, well, could you talk about that a little bit? Cause I'm curious just to learn more about just like what your first time was like, and this isn't to be salacious and this isn't to just like, you know, trigger people. Like I really am honestly curious about, um, but yeah, your, your feelings, your capabilities about sex and your, any anxieties that you might've had, um, going into your first time. Like, I'd, I'd love to just hear more about, about that. Yeah. I mean, of course, um, before like you have like your first um, you, you have anxiety, you're not too sure about like how it's going to feel. And like, you basically, um, in that moment when you're going to like do the act, like you, you have goosebumps and like inside of you, you have like a knot in your stomach and like you have, um, um, you're, 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 you're trembling a, a, a little bit, but you're trying to compose yourself so you could like do what you need to do with this, uh, other person. And all of that stuff was going through my mind. I was like, in, in my mind, I was like, all right, like, let's do this. I don't know how it feels after this. Like, let's, let's get this thing over with. And when you're in the moment, like, um, at, at the very first start, like your, your body tenses and, um, and then the other person is like trying to like calm you down and like talk you through it. And, um, through, through that, um, you, 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 um, kind of relax a little bit more. And then from there, it happens and it's like, okay, this, this feels good. It feels all right. I'm enjoying this a little bit. All right. I'm enjoying this a little bit more. Okay. I'm enjoying it right now. Okay. This isn't bad. And then from there, like once you're done, it's like, all right. It's like, well, the deed is done. It wasn't that bad. And it, it's, it's kind of like how, um, um, you're going on your very first roller coaster. You have all these like feelings, like, I don't know about this. I'm scared, all this stuff. And then when you go um, on your very first roller coaster, you go down the the, the first um, uh, uh, slope, and then like that that um, um, uh, feeling in your stomach like happens, and then like you go through it, and then you're done, and you're like, wow, it's like that was amazing. It's like uh, that was basically how how I felt. Um, um, it, it took me maybe like two or three days to finally like comprehend what happened, and they're like, okay, like that really felt amazing. I want to do that again. Wow. Con- comparing it things to like food and buffets and roller coasters, you really breaking out all the metaphors here tonight, Matt. I mean, that, that's, that's the only way I can describe it without getting into like the details. Yeah. 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 No, I appreciate that. Is it like a wooden roller coaster or a metal roller coaster or does it depend on who you're hooking up with? 
Uh, depends on who you're hooking up with. So, like, of course, metal, like, it has its stuff and you don't like it and, like, tosses you into, like, throws you all about. And then, of course, your steel, it's very smooth and all that stuff. So it just depends. So, yeah, thanks for asking that. Want to clarify that? Like, is it Scream Machine or Ninja? Like, Six Flags, you know, which one? Am I going to get a headache afterwards or... Or throw up. Yeah, depends on the person. That's that's all I'm gonna say. It just depends on who who you're with. So uh, that's a joke, um, everybody. So you guys don't have to like send us hate mail. Please email all hate mail to Tom at yourotherbrothers.com. <laughs> that's that's fine. I get. I can handle it. Dean, did you have any other questions about just the sex component before we start going down the the hookup conversation route? You've had sex. I, I have. I've had sex with men and women. Um, so I'm like the in-between of this because I wasn't uh, – I and actually men and I've talked about our reactions to sex um, because like I, the feeling he's talking about like after the first time, I remember um, after my first time doing anything with a the guy, there was that sense of like feeling numb. And just being like, what what just happened? Because I I grew up similarly with you know, with a conservative you know uh, negative view of sex, and actually mine was so much that I didn't even know like if sex was ever supposed to happen. Like I thought all sex was a sin, even in marriage. But it was just like, oh well, sometimes it's going to happen. But if it has to happen, make sure you're married. Like really conservative, really negative view of sex. And so for me, like the first time I did anything with a guy, um, we, we, we fooled around. Uh, it was definitely further than I had ever thought I would go with anybody. And I do remember that sense of feeling numb. But at the same time, after it kind of settled down, I was just like, man, I, when can I, can I try some of these things again? Can I, can I have another go? Can I do more? And so I understand this, in this that conflict because I'm thinking, wait, everything I've believed for my whole life up to this point – feels like it's wrong because I thought that the moment anything sexual happened, I was supposed to be like struck by lightning or the earth was supposed to swallow me whole or, you know, I was supposed to like immediately die on the spot from words, worms eating me inside out. Like I had all these like catastrophic ideas and it just didn't happen. And so Matt and I've talked before because for me, I was, even though I had the sense of numb and then the sense of I wanted to do it again, I was always so cautious because I always I had a much stronger negative reaction uh, that would usually afterwards I would end up feeling more depressed than before. And so the feelings of depression far outweighed any sort of satisfaction I ever got from the experience, which is why for me, like I, it had to be a guy that I knew and it had to be something that we kind of fell into rather than something I went out seeking um, per se. So that's interesting. So y'all y'all obviously have the uh the similarity as, as far as sharing that ex- that experience not together but separately. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I think everybody knows that, Tom. <laughs> I would hope that that's clear. Okay. Um I, I mean not I mean Matt Matt is adorable <laughs> and I love him. And you know, no. I you know, Thank you by the way. You're welcome. I if I had hooked up with you, Matt, I would be I would feel honored. Like I would if I had hooked up. But the point I was trying to make before I insinuated that y'all have hooked up is that. Um, by, by the way, everybody, it's another joke. So again, no hate mail. But the fact that y'all have had sex with, with other men 
it's very interesting, like the approach, like the way you just verbalize that, Dean, about the kinds of men that you would seek out versus Matt, the kind of men that you then s- sought out, which, um, yeah, I think that's a great segue into kind of extending that story a little bit. Like, so you had sex this first time after your boyfriend cheated on you. Um, and then you had revenge sex with, with just a random guy. Is that right? It was just someone yeah. random. Okay. Did you, did you have, so you mentioned a little bit of the fallout of that, of like processing it, sitting on a toilet in a bathroom and just processing things like, um, like in that immediate aftermath, like those first 24 to 48 hours, was this something that you th- thought you would experience in the near future in the far future? Um, were you already starting to have that desire to do it again and experience it further? Like what, what was going through your head, I guess, in that, yeah, those first couple of days? Yeah, I um, wanted to do that again. Um, but unfortunately, um, the person that I was with, um, he had a schedule, he was working, he was pretty busy. So um, when we when we did it, it was kind of like, um, it had to be like, not not really quick, but it was kind of like a perfect timing for him. And then after that, like he had to, he had a pretty busy life. So I couldn't go back to him. So I was like, all right, well, I've done it with this person and I've experienced um, sex and I know how it feels. And like, I want to do this again, um, this like um, hunger, uh, like my sex drive, like was, was now like pretty open. It was wide open. So I was like, all right, um, let's try another person. And then from there, that's when I started searching for other people. And then from there, um, it was just like, it kind of, you could say kind of, got out of control. Was there ever for you, um, like a relational component to it? Like when you, when you sought out these other guys and you mentioned it like a, like a smorgasbord, like a food buffet, like trying out different things. Like, was there any part of you that wanted to be in relationship with these guys or was it strictly for the physical act, the physical sensation and that, um, yeah, just going, going through that with, with all these different people? Um, yeah, there, I, I think, um, because of like my previous relationship, my first boyfriend, um, it made it to the point where I didn't want to have like any, um, relationship with, with these guys. It was strictly physical and it was just strictly, um, almost like a one and done thing and then move on to the next person. Um, I, I think that really affected, um, how I viewed, um, other people because I didn't trust them. If I got, got into in a relationship, they're going to break my heart. So I um, had this mindset of like, okay, um, I'm going to hook up with this person. Um, if we hook up um, multiple times, then sure. Like we're kind of um, friends with benefits type of thing. But um, as a strictly um, a, a loving same-sex relationship, it's like, no, it's like, I'm not going to go down that path. I've been there uh, once before and I, it broke my heart. And I just want to... Um, um, stay, uh, this as like a, a friendship. And of, of course, through, through the years, um, that I hooked up, I've had multiple friends who I've had sex with, but we never had a, uh, an actual relationship. It was just like a buddy, buddy thing. And for me, that was pretty normal. And it wasn't awkward for myself. It wasn't awkward for the, um, other person on, on the other side. And like, we would go to like the movie theaters and then we'll get done. It's like, all right, let's go back to your house. And then from there, like, all right, let's go have sex. And then we do it. And it's like, okay, um, well, I'm going to go home and then I'm going to do my stuff. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to stay here and do my stuff. And, uh, we were text and like, have like a, again, like a buddy, buddy thing. And it's like, Hey, um, Hey, I'm going to be alone. Um, so you want to come over? It's like, yeah, sure. And then we do our thing. And then after that, 
it was good, you could say. Yeah, what is that like having those, those friendships like where you, you are your buddies, your friends also, Hey, like you said, I'm alone tonight. Want to have sex? Yeah, sure. I mean, how like does is that develop through chemistry found during the sex? Is that developed through the chemistry found before and afterwards when you're just like, hey, we did this. Let me get to know you. Since you're talking about it, it's not tied to like a romantic relationship, but it is tied. A regular hookups would be tied almost to like a friendship or some sort of mutual respect. I mean, how does that develop uh, amidst the uh, amidst the hookups? Well, I would say. It would depend on the person. Um, it would definitely depend on the person. Um, every person was different. Sometimes we would form the friendship before, and then we would do it. Sometimes we would uh, um, form the friendship during, and sometimes it would be afterwards. Again, it was very different from uh, from each person. And um, it, yeah, it, it's it's very interesting because again, for those who've been in my position, um, I bet they would attest test to this of just like, hey. Um, like you're into act, but at the same time, like you're, you're, you're chit chat, like, and it's like, and you're making a joke and all this stuff. And, but you're still performing sex. So with that, it's like, all right, that's like breaking the ice. And then, or like you go before you're joking, you're talking and then that's kind of like breaking the ice. And then, or like you're done with acts afterwards, like, okay, let me get to know this person. And then you just like lay in bed or you lay wherever or sit somewhere. And like, you're just like, um, having like a normal conversation and both of you guys are, are, are not like in an awkward position and it, it, it's just fine. Yeah. So, I mean, that it, again, depends on the person. Yeah. I will say it is interesting because I didn't, it's something that, uh, that was a part of sex that I didn't really catch on to until I was married was the whole, like the random chit chat you have, like when you're having sex, you just talk about random things or big jokes. Like, because that's not displayed in the culture. That's not displayed in, in porn. That's not displayed anywhere. But like, there's a point when you get to know somebody and you just you find that something's funny and you just make a joke and you're both laughing and it's just like, well, you're still having sex, but you're also talking about the jokes or the weather outside or the shopping or something like that. Wow, I'm learning a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're learning. Yeah, I mean, the, what you're describing is basically like how it was with like the friends that I used to like have sex with. So you're you're definitely on point, Dean. This is really interesting because yeah, I I guess I'll share this part of my story now because I've hinted at it. I've written various blogs about it. I've yet to like really flesh out this story entirely. The, my whole journey with promiscuity online—that's um, something I'm processing through and counseling still. I'm trying to, and I'm telling various friends about it as well because um, I've never had. While well, I've never had sex in person. Um, you know, I've engaged in inappropriate conversations over the internet with people and, and web chatting with people on the internet before. And, and I have this like simultaneous tug of war. And I think, I think a lot of it is because I am such an emotional person. I'm sure Dean, you can probably relate with this more so than, than Matt, just by virtue of our personalities. But, uh, but like, I have this conflicting thing in me where I want to just like satisfy this, this carnal part of me and this part of me that just wants to experience this physical euphoria for lack of a better word this emotional euphoria um, and just to like ignore, ignore the fact that this person has a name and this person has a family and this person has hopes and dreams and, and um, you know, all these other dimensions that, that we all have. And then there's this other part of me that wants to, that can't ignore that, that wants to like pursue that more and wants to have those repeated um, engagements with the same person and to basically build some sort of 
a relationship with, although it's kind of an off kilter relationship. It's not certainly not a healthy one, the way, the way I've engaged with some certain people. Um, so I don't know. I'm curious, Matt, just like in your story, like, I don't know, is it just easier, <laughs> is it easier for you to separate, I guess, the, the physical act from the friendship? Cause it sounds like through all of it, like, I don't know, you might, you may or may not use the word friendship. I don't know. I don't know what you do. You said friends with benefits, but, but like, is it easy for you to separate, I guess, the physical from the emotional or the relational or those intertwined in a complicated way for you? Or, or is that just me? Cause I get the sense that if, there are probably people listening who have engaged in multiple hookups and, um, and I can, I can see that, like, if that were me hearing your story, if that were me engaging with like either the same person or like dozens and hundreds of different people, like that would throw me through a lot of emotional, um, vortexes and whirlwinds. And so I'm curious just if, if at all, if that's, if that applies to you and your story. Honestly, I think it would probably be more towards you. Um, for me, I'm a very, um, surprisingly, I'm a very friendly person and, um, I love to just like interact with people. I'm kind of an extrovert. And um, I, I, in, in, in those situation, um, if I, if I can sense a person is um, uneasy about stuff um, for myself, I, I kind of uh, have control of that sit, uh, scenario, that situation and do my best to uh, put that person um, um, at ease. And then from there, I, I think from there, like I, kind of form a somewhat friendship uh, with him. And then from there we do our business and then it, it, it's done. Um, yeah, there are times where it's kind of like, I, I do separate um, the emotion uh, friendship um, um, with the, the, the sex act. Um, I, I know I've done it many times because it was in, in my mindset, it's like, okay, um, I'm only here for one thing, which is sex. And then that's it. Other times, um, very few times, no, uh, very often. Um, I was like, okay, like this person is actually cool. He's very um, level-headed. He's very down to earth. I actually want to get to know him. So yeah, D- it, again, it depends on on the person. Well, I will say it's, because uh, I've, I've, I've had to other friends and I've talked to other people that for them, they don't have, they're, they're kind of like you, Matt. They can, for them, they, they're friendly. And for them, sex is a way almost like a having a friendship it's like part of friendship for them it's a physical activity that they enjoy and if someone else enjoys it something they do together and so the one friend that comes to mind um they've particularly had the thought of like is something wrong with me because i can have sex with someone and it's just like it's part of being their friend it's not like the romantic the feelings the emotional all the squishing and i've talked about them with it and just kind of encouraged them like i mean be healthy be safe Try not to conflict, you know, go against your beliefs, but at the same time, maybe understanding what sex looks like inside a romantic relationship, you know, with that, knowing that that's how they approach it, that for them, there's definitely, it's more physical than emotional. Because I'm, uh, Tom, I'm a little bit more like you. For me, it's going to be heavily emotional. In fact, I would prefer the motion over the physical. Um I, I'm fine with just having the emotional and not having really any of the physical connection. Uh, another reason why, like for me, sex always left me like super numb. Uh, you know, sex with another guy was always like super numbing and super just like the, the depression was more than the elation because what I was really wanting was that emotional connection. And sometimes I felt like I was trading physical to get the emotional that I wanted. Um, 
So I think it's just how we're made up, our personalities, our, our desires. I think it's just going to be a mixture of all those. And so for you, for Matt, I don't feel like it's that unusual. I just think most people aren't going to be as honest about it because there's this idea that sex has to be completely emotional. And if you're, if you're not talking about the emotion of it, you're lying about how you really feel. And I don't, I don't think that's purely the case. Yeah. I appreciate your honesty, Matt, just in sharing your vantage point and how you've experienced and processed all these things, all these experiences. Um, how many times, Matthew, would you say that you have had sex? Honestly, I've lost counts after I would say 30. Um, if you would ask me to guess, I definitely would say I probably would have slept uh, within the past 10 years. I would have slept with uh, almost like a hundred different people. Okay. Yeah. And I just want to give, give everyone a perspective. Cause I, I think I, that's what I would have guessed too, just from what, what I've heard of you sharing your story that it was somewhere in that range because yeah, I just want uh, uh, us to have a picture of, uh, of where your story has gone and, and where it is today. Um, Matthew, basically saying that you've had sex with like at least a hundred different guys, however many times you had, would you, would you use the language of addiction or no? Do you, have you been, or are you addicted to sex? Is that language you would use to describe it or not so much? Yes, I definitely would say um, addiction is there. And once you've done it um, so many times, um, the, the conviction of like, I don't know, with, with sex, it, it, it lessens. Um, sometimes it goes away, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but whatever you're trying to do, um, like when you're trying to make that, that, that choice of like wanting or wanting to stop, um, it's very hard to stop because your body is like so, is so used to like having sex like multiple times with multiple people or just like the same person multiple times. And then you like that aching feeling, that urge is like, is, is always going to be there. So I, I definitely would say like, I probably am a sex addict. And when you're in that moment, um, like how a friend of mine uh, would describe it was like, if you're ever in that moment, if you're ever in put in that situation, like something automatically like snaps and it goes into like a um, auto mode, like you're automatically um, know your body knows what, what it's going to do. And in a way you can't control your body. It's like, all right, I need to do this act. And you, you kind of go through the motions. And then when you're done, you're just like, crap. It's like, why the heck did I just do that? It's like, I, I wanted, I did not want to do that. It's like, and I was doing my best, like trying to um, not do this, but I did it anyways. And in, in that way, I, 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 I definitely would say like, there's probably an addiction to that. And I mean, it, it's not impossible to stop, but it's definitely, it's going to be hard. Yeah. I mean, we, we were talking a little bit in the last episode about the brain and dopamine and like, signals and pathways and all that sort of thing. And, um, like there's a science to it. Absolutely. Like I can relate with, um, with what you were saying with my online habits and the digital things, that moment where it's like, I put myself in a situation that isn't good. And all of a sudden something just clicks in something I didn't anticipate for 99% of that day. And all of a sudden I'm just in front of my computer and something clicks into place. And, and, and I can relate with that same exact wording that you used basically to describe describe having sex like those that's the exact same patterns I can use to describe myself um, with the things I've done on the internet and online and 
Um, and I'm sure plenty of people listening too, whether whether they use the language of addiction or not, I know that's that's up to everyone to to figure out for themselves. And I'm still trying to figure out for myself too, to be quite honest. But um, as far as what to call it, what to name it, and then how to um, how to deal with it, how to <laughs> how to move forward, that's something that I kind of wanted to. I know we've like this this conversation's gone so fast, but um, I just want to hear Matt, just like any like what's what's the update for today, and what's like been your your journey through it. So your journey of all the, all the hookups and, and repeated sex, some with new people and some with the same people, like, um, like, I don't know, was there any kind of moment where you started to change course or you started to, or like your relationship with, with God through the process over the last, I know this is like a big window, like the last 10 years, but, um, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I would say like the changing course would probably be like three, four or five years ago. So like three to five years ago. And from there, I um, knew I, I needed to do something different. And of course, like I would have sex, go to church and all this stuff. And there was a lot of stuff that I, I, I went through. I mean, I've talked about like the times where um, I um, kind of quote unquote got kicked out of my church. Um, and then like how, the, how my, my church, um, um, told me that I couldn't be a leader and because of stuff that I did in the past that contributed to that. Um, I, I went through like some depression, went through like um, STDs and um, all that stuff. And it, when, when you reflect on, on stuff like that, um, you, you have this like kind of like a snap moment and you know what, what you need to do and you want to live differently. And like you're, you're kind of like in a way are tired of just like, okay, I need to get control of my own body because like my body is controlling me. And right now it kind of sucks, but at the same time, I don't want to stop, but I need to stop. And this, whatever I have or whatever I'm feeling, whatever I'm going through isn't healthy. And um, through that, um, that's kind of like, I would say, um, that was kind of like a changing point of like slowly, it, it wasn't like an automatic thing. It was kind of like a, a slow process of like changing my mind. And then from there um, acting upon that um, wanting to change. And um, at the same time, like you live in a society where like sex rules everything. And um, it, it sucks because like the friends that you hang out with, like non-Christian friends are like, amping you up it's like hey it's like it's just sex it's like it's no big deal especially in the gay community so like it's just sex so like, you can sleep with whoever you want and wherever you want whenever you want and nobody's going to be there to judge you but at the same time you you're a believer and you have like this conscience um inside of you and you have the holy spirit inside of you and you know what you're doing is bad and um and it, it's 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 interesting um because I thought about this this quote, um, and I've I've know I, I I know I mentioned this before, but it, again, it's in the previous uh, podcast uh, podcast that got deleted, and I wanted to share share this with with you guys before we ended um, this. Um, this is uh, from um, a, a, a pastor named uh, Levi Lesko, and he um, wrote a book uh, called um, Swipe Right, and this is one of the things that I, I took out of it about sex. And this is what he had to say. Today's secular perspective of sexuality is not just about the sex drive, but letting sex drive. The highest good is to feel good. Impulse control is not a hot commodity. 
we don't want to bow the knee to our sexuality to heaven and humbly say, thy will be done. We would rather claim that there is no God so we can say, my will be done. And because of that, like I think that definitely hits um, the nail on the head of how um, like we, we view sex in, in today's society. And uh, within that book, it talks about how um, sometimes sex means scars. And because of what you went through in your past with sex, it leaves scars. But those scars can, it, it, it's, it's not, it, it, yes, it's uh, definitely, um, it, it's kind of impactful and it gives you wounds, but you can heal from that. And in my life right now, where I'm at right now, I'm in the process of healing. And I think that's definitely a good thing. It's, it's, a, long, um, it's a long process. It hurts. It sucks. But with that, healing can come in your life and you can change your life. But again, there's going to be times where you're going to fall. And you're going, you're going to like want to throw in the towel and it's like, hey, it's like no more. It's like, I, I don't want to go through this again. I don't want to go through like this healing process. It, it, it's, it sucks. There's no process. I can't see anything. And just like, I don't know, like somebody working out in the gym, like they can't see pro, uh, process progress of like your, 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 your workout regimens and how you view your body. It's like, no. When other people see the, the, the stuff that you're dealing with and the stuff that you're trying to um, introduce in your life, um, healthy stuff, um, and, and stuff that's important to um, the Bible and calling into like, you could say repentance, um, other people will notice. Although you don't notice, other people will notice. And then from the other people that watch you and they encourage you, like through those people, they're, they're definitely the people, whether it be your friends, your church family, whatever, like they're the ones who will encourage you and who will help you to make that decision of like, hey, it's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to have sex anymore with all these guys. Like I, what I want to do, I want to stop. And I know there's a lot of people in, in this like situation that want to stop. I, would, I want to encourage you guys like, hey, it's like, if you guys want to do this, if you guys want to like go on the straight and narrow, it is possible to stop. I'm in the process and I know there's a lot of people of, of you guys want to stop. It is possible. It's going to be hard and you're going to have like crappy days. And there are going to be times where you're going to quote unquote relapse, keep going. I'm still going. You can, you can, you can do this. And I'm, I'm championing you guys on for those of, of you guys who want to stop. It's like, there's, there's definitely hope on the other side. Oh, I'm starting to cry, Matthew. <laughs> Because Matthew, I uh, you just your walk, yeah, your walk with Jesus is super inspiring to me. Because despite, yeah, however many times, the dozens, hundreds, whatever, however, it doesn't matter, however many times you've had sex, or the many times you've wanted to stop, or the number of times you've relapsed, or whatever you want to call it, um, the fact that you keep getting up, and the fact that you're so radically like vulnerable, not only with with other people, like there's a three layer to vulnerability here that I think is super worth noting like coming to that terms to yourself so like you you reaching that moment three to five years ago whenever it was to where you you know you snapped out of it or whatever you want to call it becoming vulnerable with yourself then becoming vulnerable with God and then becoming vulnerable with others and sharing that burden with other people and um like that's a huge that's a huge starting point in Romans 7 Paul confesses and 
and vents his frustrations about his flesh and the war happening inside of him. In verse 15, he says, For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And so, my brothers, you whose body is a war zone, a daily, if not hourly, assault on yourself from within, you who feel dashed, crumpled, and crumbled, thanks be to God, through Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our Relator, our tower on Calvary, and our agonized in a midnight garden. He is with us in the war. He is bleeding in the battle. He has fought the impossible fight and won. And we too will see victory. It is here now, swirling in our midst. Let us take hold of our triumph. Let us confess and rise from our stumbles, our crashes, our addictions, again and again and again. The prize before us, our brothers and sisters alongside. Let us rise and let us go, giving thanks to our God, embracing our ultimate identity in Him with every step more than mere conquerors, his. Oh man, this has been a, an awesome episode. I feel like I, we got, I feel like we got two benedictions. I mean, Matt, wow. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for just everything. Um, I mean, it's been awesome. And like Tom said, your, your story is incredible. And yeah, I just, I can't help but think uh, how powerful this is and how, what a great impact your story has had in the past and will continue to have as people continue to listen to this podcast and now download this one a ton uh, over the next several decades. Yeah. And another thing I want to um, add to this is for those who are um, listening to this, who are, I don't know, whether you're a pastor, you're a leader in the church or, or somebody that um, 
your friends is telling you is like, hey, um, I want to be vulnerable and I want to say it's like I've been having sex with multiple people. Um, for you who are leaders and for those um, who are helping out, um, my advice to you is um, make sure that you um, check your heart, check your minds, um, be open to what the other person is telling you because they're giving you an information that's, um, that they can also take back because of how you respond. And, um, and also like, just be ready for hard conversations, but at the same time, don't be critical of that person because they're basically giving you their, their, their heart. And I, that, that's definitely going to be my um, challenge to uh, leaders and church uh, pastors and whatever. And for those who are, again, um, struggling with hooking up, um, try to find people who you can be open, uh, vulnerable with because those ones, those who are true friends, they'll definitely, um, yes, it's going to hurt sometimes of like, I don't want to tell this person. It's like, no, you need to tell this person. It's good for you. It's good for me. Yeah. This has been a great episode because it, uh, it just, again, adds to the mosaic, the diversity of this community, because, um, yeah, hearing your story, Matt, it's, uh, I know that there are plenty of others in our community that are similar that go along with it. People who would also describe themselves as sex addicts and people who feel like they just can't break, um, these habits. And so it's like, hopefully an episode like this, it gives voice to other stories out there. I always want to, I always want to be mindful of like bringing on alternating voices and, and, and new guests and, and just like add to this mosaic because there is no one single story. There's so many out there. And so, um, it's my hope that if you're listening out there, if you resonate with some of Matt's story and, and maybe even stuff that Dean and I shared, um, that's, that's, that's why we do what we do. It's like a huge reason why is to, to let you guys know that you're not alone and that, um, there is a place for, for radical authenticity, vulnerability. And, uh, another way that you can add to the vulnerability and sharing your story is going to the podcast episode page at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. We love it when our listeners share their story too. When you listen to our episode and you have a story to share, um, it really means a lot to hear where you guys are coming from and, and, um, yeah, we would love to hear from you. So if you have something that we said that, that rings true for you or, or you have a different experience, we'd love to hear it. Go to the episode 57 post on gay sex and hookups. And, um, I would say share your story, share your story though, in the PG to PG 13 range somewhere in there. Um, we do have a comment policy that prevents anyone from sharing kind of like super, super specific things, but, uh, but no, like the general, general story, like I'd love to hear just like. Um, yeah, anyone else's experience in hookup culture or, or experiencing gay sex for the first time and just how that affected you physically, how that affected you emotionally, relationally. Um, yeah, love to hear, love to hear those stories. So comment anytime on our podcast page. Analogies um, to analogies to buffets and roller coasters are acceptable. Yes. You're welcome. You guys, I started it. Yeah. And a big shout out to washers and dryers hooking you up since, since, uh, 1937, I'm going to say. Nope, nope. This is, oh, Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Washers and dryers, you've been hooking us up for a while. Thank you for the hookup. Um, Y'all get a washer dryer today. I don't have one. I need a hookup. Please, someone look up the origins of washers and dryers (laughs) so they can correct Tom in the comments. For real. Yes, and then also, please start a petition to find out why... USB was not the sponsor for this episode. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, anyway, 
Dean, Matt, thank you for coming back into into the ring, into the arena. It's been too long. We we should do this again soon. We better do this again. I'm not going to wait for like one Matt. year and like a couple of months. Matt, I'll see you in 2022. And Dean, maybe I'll see you later this year. I love how Matt knows like the exact amount of time. I and know. I'm like, eh, it was eventually like some time ago. I have no clue. Several months. I don't know. But no, I appreciate y'all just joining tonight, sharing vulnerability. We had a lot of laughs as well. Um, it's like that overcompensation that happens when you talk about something so serious and then you have to like swing back and just be like super silly and ridiculous too to bounce it off. So my hope is that it didn't come across whatever the edited version of all this is that hopefully didn't come across as crass or as like, um, yeah, not giving it the levity or not giving it the breath. What's the word? Levity, brevity. What's the word? (laughs) The gravity. Maybe it's the gravity, not giving it the gravity that it warrants. Um, I think we're done throwing back episodes for a little while. We just did two back-to-backs. And so stay tuned for a new topic next time to be determined. I'm sure it'll be great. Um, we, again, appreciate all the support out there. Um, thanks for listening today. For all your other brothers, my name is Tom. This is Dean. Hugs and kisses. This is Matt. I hate you, Tom, right now. <laughs> and I'm reminding you, including you, Matthew, that you are not alone. Even the sparrow finds a home. See you next time, everybody. Later. Thanks for listening to Your Other Brothers podcast. Navigate more with us at yourotherbrothers.com and comment on this episode at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Subscribe to our show to never miss an episode. And if you enjoy what we do, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at yourotherbros. If you'd like to further support our storytelling effort, consider becoming a Yabber. Yabbers pledge monthly and receive perks like calls with authors and other supporters, access to a secret Facebook group, and additional podcast content. Visit patreon.com slash yourotherbros for more information. Don't miss our monthly bonus podcast on Patreon, The Yabalog, featuring responses to previous podcasts, content not featured in public episodes, calls from listeners, and more. Ask us a question or tell us a story by leaving us a message at 706-389-8009. If you're new to the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com. You can also write us at Your Other Brothers, P.O. Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.